Hey guys, before listening to this episode, please know that this episode discussion may contain triggering and or sensitive material. This episode includes discussion of sexual assault, rape, sexual violence, and domestic violence, and that may be triggering. If you do feel triggered by any of these topics, there are many resources that can help, some of which of those are linked in the description. Okay. I watched another movie. Well, Whoa. <laughs> well, hold on, let me elaborate. Um, I'm not allowed to watch scary movies, like deemed by my friends and parents. The greater good of society. Um, no, my mom has like talked to my friends and been like, you can't let, like if she wants to watch a scary movie, like my roommates in, in the past, and like, if she wants to watch a scary movie, you can't let her because she comes home and she's like afraid of the dark and leaves all the lights on, um, which is true. Um, and I, after all of this, like, Supreme Court nominations and all of that the past couple of days, I was so drained and just kind of upset that I was like, why don't I just watch a scary movie? Because I feel like I'm so scared of everything. <laughs> I won't, that it won't have the same effect that it typically does on me. So I watched what I deem, or I started to watch what I deem as the scariest movie of all time, which is Hereditary, directed by Ari Aster. Um, I saw Midsommar, and that, I will say, that didn't affect me in the same way because it's light. Like it's none of it takes place like at nighttime really. So it doesn't have this afraid of the dark element. Um, and I watched like 18 minutes of it and I didn't get, I want it to be very clear. I did not get too scared to continue watching, but I did have an internal moment where I was just like, if you watch this movie, you will be terrified of the dark for the next several months. Um, and we're in a climate crisis, so we're not leaving the lights on. So then, you know what? <laughs> Shut the movie off. Watched Moneyball. All is well. Everything's great. No, I'll tell you what. Terrible. Have you ever seen Annabelle? Obviously you haven't. That's <laughs> the scariest movie of all time. Really? Yeah. I, I don't like scary movies, and that was the worst. And I slept with a nightlight throughout all of college. <laughs> and roll intro. <laughs> This is Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. That makes no sense. You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter and we'll be a little smarter and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Turn us off. Ooh, all right, on that note. We're throwing down. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffey Levine. And I'm Jess King. And we have a lot to talk about because everything is terrible. We have so much to be angry about. I'm so, so angry. I'm so angry, too. Um, I think I'm honestly, I was angry. Um, now I'm sad, and I think I'm still a little angry. Um, should yeah, starting with, I just wanted to, we kind of started talking about this earlier, but I wanted to say it for the podcast. Like, I've, I was thinking about this today, how you were mentioning um, what it was like when we voted for the first time in 2016, right? Um, I was obviously super excited. I think you were super excited too. Like, it was really cool to vote in your first presidential election. Um, and so then I kind of started thinking, I was like, are we just going to be like so messed up? forever because the first time we got a voice in democracy it went so horribly wrong like I was thinking that I was like maybe we'll like our whole generation kind of age group will just forever be so messed up by that fact that like we finally got a say in things and it was awful yeah we're definitely messed up it's like 
it was just so like not normal like n- nothing about it was it was just weird i felt like is this what it's gonna be like forever like i, know, I, and I here mean, we are four years later here we are and mm-hmm. i'm terrified and on that note vote incredibly anxious vote if you live in a swing state vote if you don't live in a vote. swing state still vote and vote for your local and senate and representative elections too because those are so important because um the senate I think is they're so more important, important because they do things like uh vet and nominates or not nominate but um swear in supreme court nominees and that <laughs> So, so, so important for uh. <laughs> human rights. Um, and now I'm just like, I keep talking with my hands and like shaking because I'm because so I'm so upset. <laughs> um, yeah. So please, please, please vote if you have not so already. Make a plan to vote in person or drop off your mail-in ballot or absentee ballot at a polling place. Make sure that your votes count. Do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. But now let's get into some sports talk. Yeah, still sad. There's even more to be angry about. Still sad, but but now sports talk. This has like been like a huge L uh, for women this week. I oh, think yeah. um, I felt like I've been like smacked in the face like a hundred times by men. You know, like Amy Coney Barrett. Sure like take away my birth control like screw you too and then like here comes the nfl and their big misogynistic asses like oh no you think you had enough of antonio brown i'm here to tell you psych because that crazy son of a bitch is back to haunt our lives and he's been there's a lot i hate him there's a lot of issues to actually get into with this but the first much more broad and uneducated point that i would like to make is that i cannot believe we're still doing this like full year later. Like I cannot believe it's that. literally been a year. I thought I thought last year, honestly, maybe that was naive of me. I thought that was the end of it. I was like, all right, you don't get charged for this many crimes and you come back. But I was wrong. I was naive. I believed in the good of people and I was wrong. Right. And like remember once upon a time in 2019 when all this shit went down, he gets cut. He's not playing in the NFL. And how perfectly convenient is it for the NFL then to not have to open an investigation on Antonio Brown because he's not playing for a team. So it's like, leave that up to the federal government um, to deal with. Obviously they haven't done shit about it. So now he's back. Where's the investigation? Because the NFL said last year, once he gets picked up by a team, if they thought he was going to get picked up, picked up for the 2019 season like he didn't but he's here now so what are you going to do about it you know he's accused of raping three women um of assaulting his the mother of his children like i think um, he was accused of raped of rape for by one woman on three occasions two women two women a painter in his house and then his personal trainer she was more public with her federal athletic trainer yeah yeah and And there was there were mean text messages. There was him bragging yeah. about raping her. And then with this painter, there were lewd texts about like how like he's threatening her, her family, her kids. Like mm-hmm. these men just think they are on such a high horse. Like, I don't know. I I hate them. <laughs> well, okay. Just kind of like catching up to speed with like why this is even a thing. Um, Antonio Brown's eight week suspension ends next week. So 
in the past two two ish one weeks um teams have been interested in him and he earlier today signed with the buccaneers um going back to play with tom brady who he played with for a few weeks last season as well um and this all comes at what should be a shock but honestly isn't to a lot of people because of the rape accusations, the sexual assault accusations, the threatening text messages, the domestic disturbances, the domestic abuse, the felony burglary charge, um, and the misdemeanors that he has been accused and or charged with. And he is still signing with an NFL team. Um, and not even to mention the Steelers traded him, I think because of like some locker room issues. He's like not a legal things, person. just teammate <laughs> things. The Steelers traded him, even though they incurred um, a twenty-one million dollar dead money cap charge. Um, then, when he was on the Raiders, the Raiders released him, even though they had given up two draft picks for um, acquiring him. The Patriots cut him two weeks after giving him a. Two, they cut him two weeks after a lot of this scandal stuff came out. Um, after giving him a nine million dollar signing bonus, so. Teams are throwing away a lot of money on Antonio Brown. For some freaking putts. And here's the Bucks with their one-year deal to him. It was a $2.5 million, and then he gets a whole bunch of bonuses for all these things he could do. $750,000 for winning a Super Bowl, and then three $250,000 bonuses for, like, receptions, yards, and touchdowns he, if he – whatever he accomplishes when the season ends. So, so worth it? No. Exactly. But the Bucks um, chose to sign him anyways. This obviously <clears throat> comes with a lot of controversy when someone is charged or accused of some pretty heinous crimes. Um, and he has he is still facing a civil suit from the former trainer um, who alleged sex, sexual assault on three separate occasions. Um, and the Bucks coach, Bruce Arians, did say that he um, – He's going to, quote, let the court system handle it. And if it's, quote, if it is found to be true, he won't be with us. So that right there is just basically they're saying sexual assault isn't serious enough to us until it's decided by a court. Right. If you're so sure that if the court decides he's guilty that you're going to cut him, why are you signing him in the first place? If that is so cut and dry to you, why is this even being considered? Why are you consider signing a player like this? Is, and I mean, it, it comes down to thing that it's always been very clear that winning is the most important thing. Your rights, your body, your health, your well-being be damned. And it's just so crazy because, I mean, but like I said, where's the investigation? Why is no one kind of talking about this? Like, I feel like a lot of women are talking about this and there are people talking about it, but I mean, like, it is not a big deal. And it's just like ignorance is bliss to them right now. Like they're like, Oh, I'll let the courts decide and whatever. That is not my problem till it actually happens that day to be my problem. Players on your team represent your team and what you stand for. And that's the issue to me. That's why. Exactly. And, and bring in the whole other thing. Colin Kaepernick is still not on an NFL roster and Antonio Brown is, and that is just absolutely absurd. Like, yeah, sure, like, Antonio Brown's great. You know, he got picked up in a lot of fantasy leagues since the signing with the Bucks, And, well, like, that's just embarrassing. Like, I wouldn't – if I was a Bucks fan, and I know a couple Bucks fans who are, like, embarrassed that yeah. Antonio Brown is now on their roster because he's such a terrible person. And, like, you know what's so unfortunate that I'm thinking of in my brain right now is, like, I want to be, like, 
scratch everything that he allegedly did to women. He's a bad person in the locker room. We know that from the Steelers. We know that from the Ravens. Like he, they were, People were having issues with him before any of this came out. But again, like I said, I hate that I was thinking that. That's the most important thing. And for anyone who's listening that wants a really, really funny laugh about all of this, that this when I like, read it today, I said is- to Lily... This is a typo, right? No, it's not. I'm reading off. This, this is just one of those things Yahoo where you're like, sports. the truth is really stranger than fiction. Like, you cannot so, make this shit up. Earlier, this, this month, this fucking month, 2020, an event was streamed and Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians received the 2020 Champion of Equality Award from the Women's Sports Foundation. I think the bar is just on the floor, right? Like that, Let that the bar is on in. the floor. And here's, here's why he won this award. He added the NFL's first on-field female coaching staff um, with Dr. Jen Welter. He brought three women with him to Tampa Bay to be assistant coaches. Um, you have an assistant defensive line coach, strength and conditioning, football research, all three women. Um, which I just want to say, those are all awesome things. Those are great. It's great to have more women in football. Um, and it's awesome that he's taking the effort to hire them and find them and seek them out. But all of that is canceled out now in my book. You can, I'm done with this guy. Yeah. Because I think that's embarrassing to the women's sports foundation. It is because I'm sorry, Man or a woman, I feel like a lot of people that I've talked to about this think and believe that Anton- these allegations against Antonio Brown, they could probably be true. And mind you, there were text messages of him texting his group chat with his friend saying about his personal trainer, Brittany Taylor, like, oh yeah, like I did that. Like that actually happened. Like lewd text messages and rude emails that he had sent to another woman, like, that's not an allegation like that there's receipts there's receipts it, there's receipts like exactly that happened you in fact are a scumbag antonio brown so i think i have seen a lot of what i have seen um just in the news about this in sports news and i think because there's a lot of intelligent sports journalism out there um is focusing on why this is just a big statement by the bucks and by the nfl that that allegations like this are just not going to be taken seriously by then. Um, and I've seen a lot of fans that are like, yeah, it's not worth it. Like, what, what do you think you're getting out of this? Like, that's not, there's no excuse for it. Um, however, there are people that definitely don't care. Um, in Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, he is currently rostered on 79%, um, in 79% of leagues, which has gone up 5% from last week. ESPN, he is rostered on 86.8% um, in 86.8% of leagues, which went up 83.4%. So listen, you're not, whatever money is on the line in your fantasy league, guys, is, is it that much? Like, is it really, you can't win without Antonio Brown? And I'm, I, I, I know people would make the argument that, well, he's playing. What am I supposed to do about it? I get that, but exactly. I think it, just, it comes down but- to like, to a, a serious like moral question of like, I'm going to, I am choosing to not support someone who is still reaping benefits from their 
position that they've come to and they're in a lot they have a platform a position that made them abuse that power in the first place a position that puts them in a place where they abuse their power exactly um and i'm i think it comes down to people just saying i'm not going to support that and a lot of people aren't willing to do that like look you that's a crazy like stat you know going up 83 percent you know and i would though i don't know him personally and i think every being higher than me for that that i don't know antonio brown personally definitely seems like the type of guy who's like looking at all of this press feeding off of it being like yeah i'm so badass like he's making he's in the process of making a comeback after having a very damaged reputation so i'm sure he's looking at all of that to make himself feel great going back into his first nfl game after being back from last season but like i mean you're so it's like you're putting him in that power like you just said like placing him there boosting his ego and like why don't we just all just say fuck this guy you know and nobody's gonna do that and the funniest thing about it all is that like if and when the nfl ever do their investigation and if these things come to light is actually true there's gonna be a whole set of wave of people that were like yeah he was terrible this that whatever and that's like the most frustrating thing about all this that I sometimes have a really hard time of putting into words, like as a woman, like in sports, it's just like, you know, it's always like trust whatever the guy says until it actually comes true, but it's never let's actually listen to what this woman's saying. Like maybe we can give her the benefit of the doubt and it could be true. Well, that's the thing. And then it's like, it's, I think there's people have said so many different things, but when you talk about things like this, do you say allegedly um, when you, you want to give the victims the credit for coming forward and saying that if they're, they're they would not be coming forward with something like this if it wasn't true, what they endure after coming forward, the fact that anyone would think that they would do that without it being based on fact or truth is just absurd. No one come very, I don't want to say no one, it is found, it is extremely, extremely rare to someone, for someone to come forward with something like this and it not be true. And so I'm using the, the mathematical side of it and that it's likely very true. Um, I also believe that the, these women wouldn't have come forward if, they, if it wasn't true, if they didn't feel like it needed to be said. Um, but I think there's also, basically, there's been Ray Rice and there's been Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's still... Um, in the NFL and yeah, that's another fucking, and there's, there's just been so many time and time again, where, um, NFL players are not, and I'm not saying, I don't want to say they're not punished or they're not, they're not seeing, but they're really not like with Tyreek, there was video footage. Yeah. And then I guess, and then what Kaepernick and people just don't agree with him and he doesn't have a job in the NFL. But I think that there's so many, Basically, I think there's an easy way to look at this, and then there's the hard way to look at this. Um, And I think you can look at it both the easy way and the hard way at the same time. The easy way is that this is despicable behavior. It hurts and harms. It hurts and harms the lives and well-being of innocent victims. Um, Then I think it's also important to look at it in the more difficult way, which is to ask why do things like this happen? What culture teaches young men that this behavior is okay that they keep doing it? Um, And why do they turn to this behavior in the first place? And that's not an easy thing to look at because it forces us to address the reality of fame and toxic masculinity and false ideas of manhood that are perpetuated and forced in organizations like the NFL. 
So understanding why domestic violence and abuse is something we often see with professional athletes doesn't excuse it at all, but rather it stresses how to address these issues at the source instead of waiting until after they happen. The NFL is the biggest example of pro sports hammering in the idea of being tough and strong and dominant, and that's manly, that's manhood. And then athletes are celebrated when they slam someone to the ground. So I think it's important to ask if maybe somewhere along the line, and this is not taking away from how disturbing that these accusations or these crimes or these charges are because they're extremely disturb disturbing. Um, but I think it's important to ask if maybe somewhere down the line when they started their career in the sport at 18 years old or more likely even younger than that, cheering and celebrating their violence and deeming that as success starts perpetuating these ideas in their head that that is a normal way to act because it's not, but people act like it is. And then they're surprised when athletes commit these violent crimes. These acts are completely despicable. And when crimes like these are committed, there's absolutely no excuse for turning a blind eye to court charges in exchange for a few touchdowns, especially when Colin Kaepernick still isn't on an NFL roster for peacefully protesting police brutality. This is a problem that is far bigger than we are ever comfortable addressing. And as much pink as the NFL wants to put on the field for breast cancer awareness, they have made it clear time and time again how much they really care about women. I think there needs to be some serious changes in how the NFL handles domestic violence, how the NFL handles abuse and sexual assault and things like that. And there just isn't. And they keep throwing pink t-shirts at it and saying, we support women, we support breast cancer awareness, but when it comes, which is great, support breast cancer awareness, support breast cancer research um, and finding a cure, but support women that have been sexually assaulted and are coming forward and putting so much on the line to speak out against a fucking horrible thing that's happened to them. I think a lot of it, um, I couldn't have said anything of what you said, like better myself, honestly. And the part that's so important moving forward in all of this and is it's a problem with the NFL. Um, it's a problem with them not holding people responsible for bad things that they do and, you know, sliding things under a rug and the lack of transparency between what they do in an investigational disciplinary aspect and then not sharing that with fans and with supporters and they're not being very the consumer you know the people that pay them and that give them all this support you know like we can't sit the nfl cannot act like they don't have a large female following i would say that out of a lot of the major five american sports like the nfl has the biggest group of female supporters out of those sports, I think. And I'll tell you what, like they need to start catering towards that side of fandom. And the best way to do that is to actually have these investigations to inform people what's going on step-by-step step and actually having consequences mm -hmm. that make sense to what they have done and, and make it the same because we had you mentioned a whole bunch of names there with like Tyreek Hill. I don't even remember like whatever ended up happening with his investigation. Yeah, it was just, they didn't make it big enough. It just seemed it. so like, oh, we'll look into this. Don't you worry, we got it under control. And then two weeks go by, and because of the way that we're at in the 21st century and our news cycle moves so quickly, you kind of just forget about it, and it just gets lost in the 24-hour news cycle. And that's kind of the same exact thing that happened with. Antonio Brown. You really 
he kind of just slid under the radar for a bit, got into a couple domestic violence charges with his, the mother of his children, of course, because how could he ever control himself? And then, like, he comes back out of nowhere. And when I searched today to prep for our show, Antonio Brown, just his name on Google right now, everything that came up was all about Antonio Brown re-signing with Bucks. And it's like quick little uh, like stories yeah, about very, all that. Is I had to scroll a bit to get to one article that even mentioned all the bullshit, bullshit that this guy has fucking done. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just like, it wasn't given the time of day. And I mean, it really only happened a year ago because we had, like we've mentioned, studied athletes doing morally bad things for our senior project for graduating college. And we spent so much time analyzing Antonio Brown and the things that he did, because these allegations are, like I said, one thing, but he was a bad person morally in the locker room from various accounts of players and coaches. And that's why a lot of people are really hesitant to play with him. Then you add on the fact that there's three women in multiple like circumstances, their own set of things, having these issues with this guy, his the mother of his children, his ex-trainer, and this woman who painted in his house. Like, I mean, when he lived, when he was in Pittsburgh playing for the Steelers, three and three times in four years, he had to have the cops come for a domestic violence cause. Like, sorry, that's three times too many. That's fucking weird. I don't know what the hell they're doing right now. I I don't. Well, I I think the, like the main thing, I guess anybody should, everybody should be asking from the NFL is to make a stand that you take accusations like this seriously. And first of all, make it clear that you believe women because right now that cannot be. It's clear that right now they don't take it seriously. It is so unbelievably rare that a woman falsely accuses someone of sexual assault or domestic violence. It happens Mm. so infrequently and th- that's why they believe women believe women you just have to believe women and they're just not doing taking any sort of action to say we take things like this seriously and we will not tolerate sexual assault sexual violence domestic abuse we won't tolerate it and they have not said that at all they haven't they've they've made little steps and being like oh we care but really when it comes down to it the actions do not match the the things they're saying and your actions need to speak far louder than your words do their actions just haven't they have not made it clear their actions haven't said shit they haven't done anything it's it's enraging um Um, so on with that, believe women. Seriously, you have to believe women. And and if anyone that works at the NFL is watching, do better. Step it up. up. Do better. You got to do better. This was obviously a really hard conversation to have. Um, It always is. And it's a conversation we have to keep having, unfortunately, because things like this still, um, people don't take them seriously enough. um, And people make it clear that it's not, it's a non-issue for NFL teams. The Bucks made it clear. The NFL made it clear that they're willing to overlook it. They just are, and that's yeah, not okay. Champion, um, equal, whatever. The fuck that guy. What the hell? That's crazy. I uh, can't believe that that's true. So yeah, I guess as individuals, we have to believe women. We have to take accusations like this seriously, and we have to really think about who and what we're supporting and what they have stood for um, when it comes down to fandom. So before we wrap up. 
let's talk this it's a weird this is like a weird transition to make because this is like really dark yeah right um, I, don't, I don't want to be like oh world series um but um we are also going to do our moments of the week and tweets of the week um but yeah i guess there's no transition there's no good segue for this jess Wait, what's your moment of the week so on that note we're going to try to hop into something that's usually the lighter portion of our show so we just went from dark zero to 100 really my moment of the week is a football moment that was literally epic if you were watching it and then i'm sure if you watch any is it i feel like i could guess what it is way more shocking i'm sure you can because i'm kind of being basic this week dk metcalf breaks 22 miles per hour on a chase down the cardinals defender after russell threw an interception um russell wilson is my quarterback in fantasy football as you all know and if you don't listen more guys sheesh and like (laughs) I was so focused on yelling out loud. I lost this week in fantasy football, so I'm a little salty. You beat but me. I was yelling. You beat me by a lot. Oh, yeah, I beat you in that. You beat me by a I lot. I forgot about that. Well, I, I meant to say that we were going to talk about it. I, w- I was projected to win, and I, like, I set my lineup, and I, I felt like I had it like locked down, um, and I lost by like 50 points. I don't even kid. Oh, look, I just got the confetti and everything. And it wasn't even like usually when like I feel like it, when I've lost that badly in the past, it's like someone gets injured or someone's out and I didn't change my line or whatever. Just totally Every one of my players you. played and had a decent amount of points and I still just totally but so this was I have Russell in my Yahoo League in my all male league. So I really wanted to win this week because I was kind of killing it, but I just got humbled. Anyway, DK Metcalf like that was fucking incredible because I was yelling so loud, like a big, like, no, like, like eyes closed, everything. And then I opened it and in a matter of seconds, Metcalf had ca- tackled this guy and they start the replay and like the announcer's just like, oh, whoa. Like, it's like nobody saw it the first time how fast he just took off. Like, it's like in Fast and Furious when they hit like, hit the nitro <laughs> and they just take off. Like, I'll never have that type of speed or athleticism or motivation as that guy. So, like, super impressive. I mean, you saw uh, flip the switch. So, so my, my moment of the week is Manny Margot's failed stolen base. Um, I, I don't really have much to say about it other than, like, stealing home in, a, like, a World Series game. Like, oh. I respect that like that effort and that determination so much. Manny Margot, I know it didn't work out, but props to you. I think that was awesome. And I really respect the determination and the like very much so fuck it attitude behind a decision like that. So good for you. <laughs> keep up the great work. Keep making baseball fun. Um just so fuck it. <laughs> what was your tweet of the week? Okay, okay, okay. So this is this is all the ones. Where'd my messages to you go? Because we decided to do this new thing where we just send them to each other. Well, you do that. I always forget. And then I have to find it later. (laughs) I made the decision in my brain to do that a while ago, but now I have to refresh my Twitter. Um, Perfect. Okay. So, you know how these tweets go. Not a lot of them are sports related. I think I did a sports related one last week. Who cares at this point? So... This tweet was super funny because um, if you know me, I'm not like egotistical, but I definitely have a, a bigger ego, I think, than most people. So I hate explaining to people that there's no 
actually no chemistry between us. I'm just magnetic. You're experiencing what it's like to be in my orbit. That's funny. So, you're um, welcome all for being in my orbit. <laughs> so mine is related to my moment of the week and it's um, sing like no one is listening, love like you've never been hurt, dance like nobody's watching, and try to steal home in the World Series because why the hell not, apparently. Um, which I feel like that kind of like captures my overall mood all the time. No, that's super cute because it was like really like, whoa, like what are you doing, man? Like that that's crazy. Awesome. And then you're like, wait, I kind of like that. Like uh, this has been this has been another episode of Thrown Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. I'm Jess King. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media at throw and underscore down. Stay tuned for more, hopefully less sad. Things yeah, we have to change the vibe up next week. Well, I, was I would love to change the vibe, week. but everyone else keeps making the vibe pretty damn negative up. around these parts. So, and then Tuesday is election day, so I don't even know what to expect yeah. from us next week. Well, we'll re- we're gonna record before the elect before the it starts coming in. Yeah, we might do. A little I don't know actually what we're week. gonna do because everything's gonna be so. We need to do a change up next week. Just follow us on social media for some heads up. We'll keep you updated. Um, Yeah, this is another episode of Throwing Down. Thanks for listening. Remember, always do better. Um, And, And it's never just sports. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.